Hey everybody, welcome back to the Car Tech Garage. Max, hello. Good morning, sir. How are Good you Good morning, today? indeed. Getting a little bit of a late start. It's almost 9 a.m. Oh, wow. Here in Cincinnati. Um, anyway, we're going to catch up on these weeks in automotive history because we're a little bit behind. So thanks for everybody who does follow and support us because we, we truly appreciate it. And um, I just really, really love the fact that anybody is finding some value in this. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really awesome. I'm, I'm just very, very happy. Really do. And you know, even the people that aren't maybe necessarily car people, but love history, you know, appreciate you guys for listening as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this one, we're going to cover, uh, two weeks, uh, starting off on October 10th, 1901. This one, I always like telling the story because this is the first time that Henry Ford raced a car. Is it really? And the only time that Henry Ford raced a car. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, back in those days, it wasn't really just the practical uses of the automobile that kind of garnered widespread attention from everyone. But moreover, just like as it is now, a lot of people aren't enticed by the you know utility of a car, but the fun aspect of the car, the, the, the speed, the adrenaline, the freedom. And Henry Ford you know, was obviously a very intelligent man, far more than most of us are. And he knew that good and well. So obviously he set out to not just make a good car, but a fast one. And this time he ended up making his own race car. He raced it at the Gross Point racetrack in Michigan. And he won in a 10 lap race. And he was racing um, against Alexander Winston, who was definitely the superior driver, um, his machine started to break down and run poorly. And Henry Ford was able to take off with the wind. But when he parked the car, he got off very shakily and vowed never to do it again. And that once was enough. Um, obviously, you know, he didn't feel the need for speed like some of um, his customers did. Yeah, absolutely. With all the, you look down the road of all the vehicles that Ford has made and some of them are very scary yeah. uh, in a sense. And for him to be terrified by his own vehicle that he created, mm-hmm. it's kind of a irony. It, it really in that is. Situation. And then you fast forward a little bit more and he only delved into it more, but not with him as the driver, but he ended up coming up with the Ford 999 racer, which was truly one of the fastest cars of its time. Um, and obviously with it being so early, you know, it was really one of the first purpose built, racing cars Mm -hmm. he had barney oldfield drive it he you know pulled him off the salt flats after he was after he won a bicycle race he was like hey kid come race this car (laughs) can you use four wheels instead of two exactly boy could he he made a very good (laughs) career for himself and obviously you know gained a lot of fame throughout his career but it's it's also interesting that fast forwarding even today you know ford has been by far and above the most winning American manufacturer ever. And one of the most winningest manufacturers in the world, moreover, for racing of all categories. I mean, it's the only automaker that can lay claim to the Indy 500, the Daytona 500, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, 12 Hours of Sebring, Daytona, Monte Carlo Rally, Baja 1000. Um, And not only that, it's, you know, Ford, Cosworth, DFVs have raced all over the place through the help of Cosworth. I mean, their, their, their presence in racing will stand the test of time. 
There's no question about it. I mean, the only one that's not on the list is motorcycle related, you know, GP races, but honestly, (laughs) Ford doesn't make motorcycles. So exactly. That's, that is astonishing that they did. They can tow like hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Step out of the way, Harley. Um, All right. October 11, 1926, 95 years ago, Mr. Wunderbald Kamm was issued a German patent for his auto body design, which um, was pretty important, not only to aerodynamics, but to car styling in general. Cars like the new 400Z that everybody loves so much. Don't call it a camback, but it is. (laughs) It is. It's called a camback. That little chopped off in the rear. Um, the 240Zs, you know, so many awesome cars throughout history have followed that little cam back design that everybody loves so much. And it was a breakthrough in aerodynamic design because that little chop off at the end allows the air just to slip on, creating a mild low pressure zone, but it mm-hmm. quickly fills and it's not enough to create enough drag. In fact, by chopping that off, reducing the surface area simply reduces the drag more than that small chop off does. So, I'm no aerodynamicist, but it helps the car go faster. Yeah. And in the most basic terms, you know, versus uh, if you look at the aerodynamics on a, a truck mm-hmm. versus that kind of cam back that slides down, if you had that same aerodynamics, you'd probably experience a lot better with the truck too. You know, yeah. just that aerodynamic assist to it. I personally am not a huge fan of of the new 400, just the look to it, but uh, it does show. It's the only one that looks good like that. And the super, are the only ones that look attractive now. Wait, it does you see the of heritage. Oh, I see the new four door Integra. Oh, of course. I, have. I, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It looks, it looks different. I don't know. It's, it, it's use, a TSX. I'm sorry. It's not an Integra. It's a TSX. It has some old I'm waiting flare, to see the coupe. flare to it, but I love anything that says Type R on it, so I'd buy uh-huh. a Type R Honda Odyssey if I could. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you guys look it up um, on online, it's called a Camback, K-A-M-M, or Cam Tail. Um, see which one of your Camback or Cam Tail cars is the favorite and send it in to us. <laughs> um, moving forward again, October 12th, 1969, Mr. Bruce McLaren won a Can-Am race at Laguna Seca. Oh. Anyway, that's anyway. awesome. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we we, we always talk history. a lot about Can-Am, but um, it was an M8B Chevrolet in 1969. They absolutely dominated. We'll be talking a little bit more about that. And it was what, the the seventh one and two finish by Team yeah, McLaren? Yeah, exactly. That's and and well, in 1969, I think they won all 11 events. Oh, uh, wow. They absolutely dominated. And, you know, then... Porsche came in and <laughs> and then it got crazy. It and got then way it crazy. It down. <laughs> yeah, because it got too crazy. The, the lack of rules and regulations was awe inspiring yeah. and scary. But <clears throat> such is life. We have to move forward, make it safer for the drivers. And now cars are certainly faster than they've ever been. Oh, yeah. They are. No question. And safer than they've ever been. So we really can't complain, even though they aren't as visceral as they used to be or as fun as they used to be. Um, okay, I have plenty of complaints, but... Oh, I, yeah, we could talk about that. I've got, <laughs> we could go on for hours about I, that one. Know, it's okay, it's okay. Calm down. <laughs> we'll keep it, keep breathe, it. Deep breathe, breath, deep breath. <laughs> All right, let me go over to the next one. So, ooh, a little bit of F1 history here. The 13th of October, okay. 1996, Damon Hill won the world championship. I snagged the win in Suzuka, became the first and only son of a Formula One champion to win a title. His dad was Graham Hill. 
Oh, okay. Pretty cool little fun fact there. All right. So October 14th, 1897, 123 years ago, Mr. Emile Jelinek of France took delivery of a Daimler automobile, one of the, the first belt driven ones. And wow. this actually led to his association with the marquee of Daimler Benz. Um, you know, these guys all came together. Emile Jelinek um, was kind of a financier and his daughter was named Mercedes. And he actually took on this almost like a persona of him in the automobile and he dubbed the automobile that he was given next and he dubbed it Mercedes. And from then on there were Mercedes models and he himself took these Daimler Benz automobiles all over the world and marketed them under the Mercedes name and sold them for them. Um, so that's kind of how it all worked out. We're going to have to probably dive into a whole podcast on that one about Mercedes because that that's a, a long story and, um, you know, a lot of aristocratic yeah, there's but, there's a lot to, um, to it. Anyway, still, cars, 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 and we're happy they're here. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> All right, October 15th, 1961. A little bit of um, NASCAR history for you guys. Joe Weatherly, an old NASCAR driver, um, he ended up leading only the final five laps, pouncing at the very end of the National 400 at Charlotte Motor Speedway, seventh win of the season. Um, Junior Johnson, obviously another huge-time racer back then, broke a wheel while leading, um, and he ended up slipping by and getting off. Um, anyway. Jeez. I always really like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't follow NASCAR too closely, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have probably figured that out now. Um, I definitely like watching old NASCAR races, though. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, I'll look on YouTube and look up some of the old recorded dirt races, and they are actually pretty darn good. Like, these guys are just muscling it in, and it was, you know, it wasn't like racing today. There there weren't any manners, you know? Like, they were rubbing and racing, <laughs> and it just looked like a bunch of pissed-off kids driving go-karts around, and it was awesome. That's the truth. You know, I've, I've always compared it to, you know, if you look at older NBA films versus the NBA nowadays, mm-hmm. there was a lot more contact. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more fouls called nowadays. Yeah. Like, nobody threw their hands up after they threw themselves to the ground. Yeah, no. It was just somebody got thrown to the ground. <laughs> exactly. That's like our, our the one saving grace is hockey. Like, hockey's the one sport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can just obliterate people and, and it'd be okay. You just, like, they just put you in a penalty box for a little bit like all right are you calm down now now you can go to come out and out. play <laughs> go to timeout <laughs> oh that's funny i should have that for <laughs> that'd be a little bit of cool over race you know racing bumper cars i feel like we have a lot of bad ideas on this podcast but i think that would be a cool one that would be bad i love to put i don't know i want to say like i'd put like all the current f1 car drivers in like you know in a race where there were no rules to see which ones would and which ones wouldn't start to hit one another. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, because sure. everybody's always pointing figures at this or that. I'm like, put them, put them all in the same car, <laughs> put them all in the mud, and see who's nice and who's not. Yeah, <laughs> I think that'd be entertaining. That'd be entertaining. That would. Um, all right, October sixteenth, um, sixty nine years ago in nineteen fifty one, Hudson introduced the Hornet, which was a big deal. It was a big deal. It changed cars forever. It really kind of, you know, this new step-down design from Hudson was a a big deal. It lowered the center of gravity. It it made more space in the cab, and it made for a more comfortable ride, blah, 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 blah. But Hudson didn't stop there. They were like, hmm, let's put a badass engine in it and make it fast. So they did. 
And um, the Hornet, the, the Hornet, you, you, there's really not many of these left around like an actual Hudson Hornet. It had a five liter flathead inline six. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a big six. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's huge. So, and, th- and this was obviously before the muscle car. This was in 1951, but it absolutely dominated stock car racing for three years. In fact, in 1952 alone, Hudson won 29 of the 34 events. No sure. I mean, good absolute <laughs> domination, absolute domination. So I do really love Hudson's. That's like one of, that's probably if I had one car to pick from the fifties era, I would be, or it. even like immediate post-war, you know, even with some of the other, you know, aero engine cars and stuff, I think I would still pick a Hudson Hornet all the way up probably until like 1961, 62, where Europe had some offerings that I think I would prefer. Yeah. I'd agree with that statement. But yeah, the Hudson Hornet was awesome. All right, uh, October seventeenth, sixty-eight. The movie Bullet, starring Steve McQueen, was released. Um, and as a, as we all know, and if you guys haven't seen Bullet, you don't even have to go watch the movie. Just YouTube the chase scene. Oh yeah, and it kind of it it um, it sets the tone really well. But many people, myself included, consider that to be the greatest chase scene of all time. Like that is more entertaining than watching any race from fast and the furious by far, because Steve McQueen himself was driving around a Mustang GT 390 like a hellion, you know, skirting it through the streets of San Francisco, jumping over stuff. And it was all filmed right there. And it was legit. He was chasing this Dodge charger and they were driving the hell out of these cars and they put an in-car camera on it as well, um, which I thought was really cool. So you actually see his driver work and to get one of those old Mustang GT three nineties to go fast and, and be composed through a corner was a lot more work than most people realize. If you guys have ever driven an old car, they are work. The steering is sloppy. The brakes suck. I mean, it is, it's scary to make those things go fast. Um, but obviously he was a professional race car driver, so <laughs> he knew what cool. he was doing. Yeah, exactly. All right. There we go. Uh, we still have until the 24th. Ooh, it's a long one. All Just right. October 19th, 1982. <laughs> um, this one's John DeLorean. This was him after being caught on film during an FBI sting operation, trying to broker a $24 million cocaine deal. Um, John DeLorean, who was the pioneer of the Pontiac, GTO. He mean it's marketed the Grand Prix. And then of course he ended up building his own DeLorean DMC 12. He was arrested on charges of drug trafficking and money laundering. Now, two years later, a federal jury ruled that he was a victim of entrapment and he was acquitted. Um, of course the debacle totally ruined his credibility. Um, a lot of you guys have probably heard the entire John DeLorean story. I know we've delved into it a couple times too here and there, but, um, that was a fall from the top. It really was. Uh, DeLorean, it was, um, it was oh, yeah. pretty devastating for him. And he was, you know, pretty much considered to be a genius in the automotive industry before that stuff happened. But his DeLorean was such a flop. He just believed in his idea so much and it was the wrong idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. But ironically, the thing I always love about the DeLorean is it still lives on to this day, you know, from back to the future. That's what really what made that car you know, so great is the fact that it was featured in the show for, you know, not going that fast. I don't even think it could go 88 miles an hour. 
Just barely. It took a long time to get there. Poor thing. I mean, apparently he can travel into the future, so it was going pretty quick. <laughs> I guess the, the Earth rotates at about a thousand miles an hour and spins at a thousand miles an hour. So, I mean, I guess if you could travel more than a thousand miles an hour consistently, I mean, so can like jet pilots go back in time? How does that work? I mean, in theory, yeah. You know, if you go back to a different time zone, technically you're you're moving back. <laughs> Beaten. Do you just maybe that's what the Bermuda Triangle really is? Just the time warp. Yeah, gone. <laughs> Shows uh, up years later or in the future. You never know. All right, so we'll get off that topic. Yeah, we've watched too many. <laughs> we've watched too many TV shows. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about at all. Let's go back it's to something we anyways, do know what to talk about, and that's cars. All right, October twentieth, nineteen sixty-three. Richard Petty worked his way up from fourth to land a dominating victory at the South Boston four hundred in Virginia Speedway, um, or South Boston Speedway in Virginia. Sorry. So this was a rare win for Petty. I wouldn't just be talking about anyone from Petty unless it was a big one, but this was not in his iconic number 43 car. A lot of people think that he only ever drove the number 43 car, Mm. but indeed this was in his number 41 Petty Enterprises Plymouth. Um, Now, of course he leads NASCAR in total with wins with 200 wins. He had six wins in number 41. He had two wins in number 42 and then all of the rest in his trademark number 43. That's kind of neat. It kind of is. Why? I wonder why he would switch, but, you know. I don't know. He just like looked over at me like, do you have more? I don't have more. You don't have more? Okay. <laughs> See, I like knowing the odd facts. Of uh, no. I'll try to get them. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of work. Just like when you were talking about Ford and all the races that they had won. Mm-hmm. I went to see, they technically have had a Ford on every single continent. Oh, yeah. There was a random fact of the day. Yep. Yep. One of the few manufacturers to do so. So, Every anyways. single continent, including Antarctica. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> they almost had a Ford Mustang club in Antarctica, too. <laughs> <laughs> so that means, like, Tesla's actually still behind. Like, first car oh, in yeah. space. Dude, you didn't even go to Antarctica. Yeah, I mean, come on now. It, it's arguably easier to get it to space. You just launch it on a rocket. See how well you're... you're <laughs> there's my, there's my ignorance Antarctica. of rocket science. Like, oh, dude, just, you just build a rocket, and then... You just send oh, it. Just like that. You just send it. It's easy. <laughs> All right, uh, October 20th, 1968, Mazda made its competition debut, which is important because I currently have a Miata that's for sale. So this was with the Mazda Cosmo Sport 110S. Two of them entered the 84-hour Marathon de la Route Ultra Endurance Race at Nürburgring. One finished fourth, which was huge. Mazda's debut, and they finished fourth in this 84-hour race. 84-hour race. And then... The remaining car broke an axle after 81 hours. I mean, that's it's pretty amazing. That's pretty impressive. It, it is really 81 impressive. hours of abuse. You know? Yep. And it finally broke an axle. And then the other one went all 84 at Nürburgring at Nürburgring. And that's a and super iconic fourth. track. That's awesome. That's what, you know, that's kind of one of the testing grounds for everything. That's you know, awesome. I've been fortunate enough to go there, so. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list. I've not been there yet. Expectations. There. Yeah, we need a trip there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Stop yeah. off at the pyramids and then we'll head okay, over to the cool. Nürburgring. Deal. Deal. That works. All right. So October 21st, 1990, 30 years ago, this was the Japanese Grand Prix at Suzuka. Best remembered for the first corner collision between Ayrton Senna and Elaine Prost, who were world championship rivals. So the thing is... Everybody basically said that Ayrton wrecked him, which, mm. 
pretty plainly. I think he did. Um, and he was just ahead in the points. So if both of those drivers got out, he automatically won. But if he had been beaten, he would have lost. Kind of crappy, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, no. it is. I mean, let I would say at least let the you know let let the the battle take place. You know. Yeah, that's how I am. It's like that's kind of like bringing a gun to a knife fight, <laughs> in my opinion. He's like, oh, all right, yeah, I win. <laughs> I win. Easy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Anyway. That's been these weeks in automotive history. We'll catch up with you guys next. Uh, of course, we do have some more for you. And again, thanks so much. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review, please. please yes. It and helps us out a bunch. Yeah. We also have a couple of funny videos on that TikTok app, if any of you guys have that TikTok app. You know, as, as we always say, we're just trying to keep cars interesting. Bye. Bye.